This is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with performer and producer Jamie Kelly of Groovy and JamieKelly.xxx. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce that we've doubled our affiliate payouts on ASB Cash. Now when you refer sellers or buyers to us at Adult Site Broker, you're going to receive 20% of our broker commission on any and all sales that result from that referral for life. You can either place a link to us on your site or refer buyers and sellers through an email introduction. ASB Cash is the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. Check out ASBCash.com for more details and to sign up. We've also added an events section to our new website at AdultSiteBroker.com. Now you can get information on B2B events on our website, as well as special discounts reserved for our clients. Go to AdultSiteBroker.com for more details. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer an amazing opportunity. If you're in the live cams, model management, or fan site spaces, or want to get into them, we have a private listing that may be just right for you. This company works with all major cam sites and has access to hundreds of U.S.-based models. We're offering very limited information at the seller's request in order to maintain privacy. We anticipate multiple offers for this very rare listing. For more information, contact us at adultsitebroker.com. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Jamie Kelly. Jamie, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Hey, I'm so super happy to be here. You know, it's been a long time. Like, like we've been trying to get this show together for, geez, weeks, maybe even a month. I'm so happy that we can finally get it together. Me too. Now, I'll tell everyone about you. Jamie is a veteran performer and producer in the adult industry. She's currently based in Lost Wages. Uh, she's received numerous, that's what I call it, she's received numerous accolades over her illustrious career, including the 2015 TEA Best Solo Side Award and the 2016 TEA Best Scene Producer Award. In 2022, Kelly took home the coveted TEA Transcendence Award. She was recently nominated for XBiz Trans Performer of the Year. Kelly has also produced and directed groundbreaking titles. <laughs> yeah, I did a, a Transsexuals a 1 and 2 for Groovy Productions. In 2018, she also signed with Transerotica as a contract model. In 2021, Kelly celebrated a career milestone of 15 years in the adult industry. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you very um, much. During her long career, she's worked with a long list of production companies, including Groovy, Evil Angel, Transerotica, VR Bangers, Gender X, Kink, Legal Porno, and Adult Time, with more scenes to be released soon. You can find Jamie at her new solo site, jamiekelly.xxx. She's also on Twitter, at jamiekellyxxx, and Instagram, at officialjamiekelly. Catch her on OnlyFans at clubjamiekelly.com and visit her official production site at jamiekellyproductions.com. So, Jamie, tell us how you got your start in this crazy industry and became a performer. 
I knew this was going to be the first question. Okay, so <laughs> over the years, uh, let me tell you straight up, right away, 16 years in the industry, mm. give or take a few months, 16 years in the industry, and I have told this story about how I got my start in the business countless times, sure. uh, mostly on my own uh, podcast and countless interviews. Let me try to like, because I know there's a million questions coming up. Let me try to make it as succinct as I can. It all was like how I got my start was predicated on a dare. It was predicated <laughs> on a dare. The last Joe job I ever had was working at a pizza place. Large corporation, mm -hmm. won't say names, but I was working the line. I was the guy that put the uh, toppings on pizzas, and we had a new <laughs> hire come in. And uh, this was a, uh, a person that was, oh, probably 22, 24, mm -hmm. and they were very bohemian. It was a, <laughs> it was a lady, and mm -hmm. she was – she had this, like, kind of sense about her. She was, like, very kind of uh, – uh, mind my language, but like gypsyish, mm -hmm, um, sure. very again bohemian, and right. and she saw me right away. Now I'm like at this time, I'm like 24, 25 years old. Mm -hmm. I know nothing. I'm a dumb, stupid person. And she comes up <laughs> to me and she she pegs me right away, and mm. she says, uh, she butts up to me on her first day of the job. Says, "Hey, dude, you." You'd make a killing on Craigslist if you'd put up an ad and, like, you know, guys would like you. I said, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I barely knew what, like, this is, like, 2005, 2004-ish. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I knew my lay of the land on, uh, you know, uh, the internet. And things like uh, Craigslist was just something on my periphery. So this lady, she says to me, uh, look, I, I'm coming from New York. I'm here in Texas. This is where I come from. This mm -hmm. is where the pizza place is. Um, I used to be a, a dominatrix. I used to be a light sex worker, and I got all my business off of Craigslist. And I think you could make, like, a huge amount of money just, like, looking at you. Do that. Like, do that. And I thought, like, man, you're what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Crazy. I'm just sitting here like, I'm just sitting here putting things on pizzas. Right. At the same time, in the back of my brain, I'm also 24, 25 years old. Um, I'm full of gumption. I'm full of, you know, what you are when you're 24, 25 years old. Mm -hmm. And huge fan of porn, a very sexual person, you know, like you are when you're in your you know, early twenties. Sure. And so for a second, I thought, man, what is this girl talking about? And I went home and on a lark, on a lark, I went ahead and I cruised through Craigslist just to see if what this chick was talking about mm -hmm. was like true. And it turned out to be that case. And I was like, ah, oh, shit, this is actually a thing. So what I did <laughs> as ambitious as I am, yeah. I went and I parsed through like a bunch of different ads. I was like, okay, if I'm mm -hmm. going to do this, if I'm going to do this, let me like kind of compile, you know, uh, a kind of 
what this person says, what that person says, yeah. and see if I can see if I can draw someone in. And at this point, while I'm at that phase of my like like my brains, um, I didn't really ever take it seriously. Right. It was just a it was just a it was just an experiment. Literally just an experiment. Sure. And then what I did was I compiled some language from some other people's ads. And I, I like I picked the weirdest price point. It like it to this day, it makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. I put $135 an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason it made sense to me to make $135 the thing. Anyway, I put up <laughs> the ad. I had my sure. little uh my little flip phone at the time. Again, this is like 2004, right. 2005. Yeah. Um, I had like a little weird T-Mobile phone and I took like a picture like mm-hmm. you do at the time and it right. looked like it would look for a, a flip phone picture. Yeah. I put it up. I did the ad. I had the price point and I put the picture and I walked away from the computer and I thought nothing would come of it. I got myself busy for about an hour. I came back to the computer and then I look at my email and then <laughs> just <laughs> nonstop. Wow. It's just freaking nonstop. Yeah. So I, I, I decided to uh, choose a guy. Mm-hmm. I like, what do you know at 24, 25? I just, right. I, I just picked whatever I thought felt the safest. I picked a guy and they were amenable. And we like did our back and forth schmutz for a little bit. And within like two hours, this guy picks me up from my home. Um, I was living at my mom's at the time. Oh, jeez. And yeah, oh, dude, it was like three in the morning living <laughs> at my mom's. I had nothing to my name. Oh, it was a whole schmutz. And this guy drives up. Oh, this is the worst thing in the world. I, I please, anybody listening to this story. Please don't do what I did. <laughs> I was going to say, have them come to your house, first of all. Oh, oh well, I had no idea. <laughs> right. I'm coming from sure. working a Joe job. Yeah, 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 yeah. And having yeah. like, just like being a sexual forward person in the privacy of my own home. Yeah. And then making this like, well, like making sexuality a profitable business all right. in a, one stroke as yeah. a dare given to me. Yeah. From a person that was a new hire at the pizza place that I worked. It's funny. It's nonsense. It's absolutely nonsense. So this guy, he comes and picks me up. Uh, the punchline is I spent an hour with this guy. Mm-hmm. I spent an hour with him. And he like he drove me to his place. We spent an hour mostly talking. It was mm-hmm. mostly hanging out with a guy. Well, that ha- I understand that happens. That happens a lot with sex oh, workers. Oh, well, we'll get to that. But like for the purposes of this, how did I get my start story? I spent Mm -hmm. an hour with this guy, mostly talking. Right. Um, I'm a musician. He's a musician. We had some things to talk about. I had no idea what kind of environment I was in. Everything was confusing and weird. And then he brought me back to my place. And it was like about an hour. And Mm -hmm. I, I knew he was paying me money. But I like I had no idea how any of this worked so everything was like weird it just felt like it felt like a fever dream actually my first (laughs) like my first go around it felt like a fever dream yeah yeah everything was like 
Nuts. Like so new and so weird and so fucked off compared to like my on the grid lifestyle. Yeah. So that he brings me back to my place and I know there's money on the table and I'm like, okay, well, so in my mind, I'm like, well, this is the part where like we didn't do anything. I probably got to do something. So it's like now five thirty six in the morning in front of my fucking mom's place oh, where he's dropping me off and I hadn't done anything. So I don't feel like I've like actually earned the money he's about to give me. <laughs> so what I do is I do a little bit of uh oral stuff. Yeah. And it's very awkward. It's very awkward. I don't I would know. Think it, I would think in front of your mom's place. Well, like, I, I knew my mom was asleep. I knew she wasn't going to be up yeah, for but. Like four or five hours. <laughs> that wasn't the thing that fucked with me. The thing that fucked with me was interacting with these this dude in yeah. this whole brand new situation. Yeah. And <laughs> it's so new and it's so weird. And I'm so young. I was, I just, I just put on a fucking thing on a goof from something that some pizza lady told me, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's, it's super strange. It's super yeah, yeah. strange. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, what I do is when you look at it in hindsight, I did my job, but in my mindset at the time, it, it was like, I felt like I owed him in a weird, you know, kind of, like well, human, you know better now. Way. I mean, you gave him what he is, what he wanted. You gave you incorrect. gave him what he wanted, what he needed. Well, see, the thing is, he never like. I never got what I thought were like social cues. See, I think this guy was like as nervous as hitting me up. He didn't know that I was like brand spanking new, right? And he this may have been his first time. That yeah. was kind of the vibe. Sounds like I it. didn't know it. I didn't know it at the time, mm-hmm. but in in hindsight, in retrospect, I probably could have got out of the car and took the money mm-hmm. and just like went away. Right. But I felt like I was obligated. I yeah, this is sure. the job. This is the thing I got to do. Right. And so I went ahead and did it. Sure. And it wasn't much. It was like five minutes of nonsense. Yeah. Five yeah, minutes yeah. of just nonsense. Right. I don't know if he was happy. It just felt like nothing to me. There was no actual connection. I was super in my head. He was super in his head, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But I took the money and I ran. And mm-hmm. I don't mean I ran, but I <laughs> went back to my fucking house. And I went into the bedroom. And here's the thing. And here's the fucking punchline of this whole story about how I got into the industry. Here's what changed everything. I went back and I had my little bag that I made, you know always a planner. I had this bag mm-hmm. that had clothes and lube and things and all the things I thought would be needed, which right. none of it was ever used. But at the, at the bottom of the bag was $135, this weird fucking price point that I made <laughs> on Craigslist. Right. And there it was. And I looked at it and I said, wow, that was one hour of literally spending a time with a guy um, short of driving there and getting dropped off. And then mm-hmm. five minutes of doing a very awkward sexual act. <laughs> and then I have this. It would take me a week to make this money. Wow. That 
changed everything. Sure. And not only did I mean fuck the money. Um like I I know in the back of my brain it kind of like illuminated systematically like the problem with what it is to live in the world that mm-hmm. I some schmutz could get this <laughs> for nothing for literally nothing. I'm loving and, I'm loving the Jewish phrases by the way. I'm assuming you're Jewish too. <laughs> Emma, yeah, a little quarter Jewish, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm I'm 100%. On, <laughs> on my dad's side, on my grandma's side. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, but 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 that's what it is. That's what mm-hmm. it was. And that was the now this is 16 years ago. I was all of uh well, I was 25 years old. Mm-hmm. And I realized once that had happened as awkward and as weird and how it came out of left field as it was that there was a better way to live mm-hmm. if, and th- now there's an asterisk on this, right? If you have the ability to do so, yeah. it takes a lot. It takes a lot. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's sure. going to pay for everything. Right. But somebody pointed me out, told me I was marketable. Mm-hmm. I went and tested a thing and it turned out to be, correct right and then i right. made a bunch of money sure and then i went wow everything changes from this point on oh yeah so what i essentially did was i found a grift in the system and that's what it's been for the past mm-hmm. 16 years <laughs> what we're talking about when you talk to me yeah we're talking about somebody that has found a grift in the system it's all good it's all good so Tell us the background on your rebranding from Jamie French to Jamie Kelly. Well, that's a real easy one. Um, my actual real name, I've never gone through a pseudonym. I've never hmm. been, uh, I, my, my born name is uh, James Byron Percival French Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, up until about three years ago, that mm-hmm. was my legal name. Oh, okay. Uh, as my performer name, I went by Jamie French. Mm-hmm. So just a, a kind of um, a feminization. Yeah, James, James is not going to quite make it as a trans performer, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. No, no. But 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 the thing is, like, uh, 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 people go through all kinds of, like, when, as a trans person, mm-hmm. identity is a huge part of everything that you go through. And there's of a course. lot of people that of go course. out there and they, like, get a really a really femme name that has like nothing to do with their born name. Mm-hmm. And then there's like people that just like do what I did. They take their actual name and just do like the femi version. They feminize it. it. Sure, sure, sure. Sure, sure. But the thing is, um, I didn't, I never put a lot of thought into it. In fact, hmm. where I got Jamie from James was way back when I was 16, mm-hmm. my best friend had a girlfriend that saw me like immediately as femme when I didn't even realize my realize myself. Interesting. And she she called me Jamie all the time. Interesting. So I just took that. I took that. Yeah. Uh, from very teenage years, I took that yeah. name and I made it my name. I wanted to make it as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. So uh, I became Jamie French, and I was Jamie French for oh I'd say from like officially from like. Oh, 2011, up until just very, very recently. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I dropped the French mm-hmm. is because French comes from my dad's side, and my dad wasn't a great guy. 
So what I did join the club. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be seems to be the case all around. Huh? Well, my dad, my dad was. It's not that he wasn't a great guy. He was just too much, too uh, uh, too mentally ill. I think that was the. I think that was the the real issue. So well, I think as we talk further, we're going to find that that's going to be a large part of mm. what we talk about. <laughs> sure, sure, um, sure. When it comes to uh, you know abuse Fathers. and trauma and things yeah. and sure. that's gonna like that's absolutely you can't escape that from people being sure. in porn yeah but to get right back to the quick i decided that i was going to get um ffs facial feminization surgery oh okay just kind of chip away make it a little more girly right and i said if i'm going to go all that way i had to kind of also like look at myself inside I mean, the outside's easy. The outside's money. The outside's how much you're willing to put into it, but it's it's all about your inside. And I'm carrying this name around with me. And I don't give it, like, again, I don't do a pseudonym. The closest I got to a pseudonym was just saying Jamie. But I always, I always carried the French part with me. Yeah, yeah. From my dad. So I said, if I'm going all in, let me go all in. You know, you know, maybe I should do that too. <laughs> I'm, no. I'm, ser- I'm serious because what you're saying makes so much sense. It's not even funny. No, it's well, it's not funny. So what I yeah. did was I went where my the name that I have now is completely predicated off of love. So I went, hmm. well, shit. Why am I going to just carry around my dad's name, French, mm-hmm. when I could just go to my mom, who's an amazing person. That's where the likewise, love is. likewise, yeah. My yeah, I mom's maiden name is Kelly, so I'm just going to ah, use that okay. name. That makes sense. Again, I'm still not making a pseudonym, right? I'm going a feminization of James and right. my mom's maiden name. Beautiful, I Perfect love it. Name, and I'm not scared of anything, so I'm not going to make a pseudonym on top of that. Yeah, yeah. That's, I'm just going to go with the healthiest, most love-born thing. I love it. That's awesome. So, it, so that's where that came from. So in your Twitter bio, you describe yourself as the people's girlfriend. Could you elaborate a bit? <laughs> well, the the thing is, I um oh boy. I don't wanna I don't wanna make it like heavy, but there's like three things I got going on as okay. you know, as of the date of this podcast, like right. the way that I see things. Mm-hmm. There's my private life, right? There is right. my creative life, mm-hmm. which can be put into the public. And right. then there's the thing that makes me the money, which is mm-hmm. the porn. Right. And all of those can be kind of, there's a lot of like gray borders in between those three things. So I, I want to make myself marketable and honest and private all at the same time. I want to have like nine cakes and eat it too is the kind of thing <laughs> I got going on right now. So it's what I like to do is I like the, the pictures to speak for themselves, the videos to speak for themselves. Right. I don't like to put a lot of, like I'm not looking for um, validation. I'm not looking to like super promote. I think if you do something that's worthwhile and 
you put your best effort into it as a creative effort, then you shouldn't have to say nothing. I know uh, most of the numbers that come into my like social media, the, it's, it's could be it's could be fans. So mm-hmm. if I'm gonna like use words, I want to like make a very gentle thing for the words. Give give fans if that's the most of the people that are could come in. I want to give them a very gentle thing. Um, accessibility. Say the people's girlfriend. You can absolutely invite like some parasocial things out of being like too soft, but I want to give some softness. Um, essentially what I'm trying to do is like create a kind of median thing where I get to put up right. the product and I'm not going to be very, very like promotional. Um, I'm not going to mm-hmm. be very marketing because right. I'm not trying to beg for attention. Again, I think right. if the thing I do warrants, you know, people's attention, it should speak on its own. I'm sure. busy working behind the scenes to make things look as good as they can. Right. And it, you know, you can only go so far. Sure. But I'm going to do the best that I can. But I know a little bit of words helps, you know. So mm-hmm. um I I created this idea of the people's girlfriend and what I do on social media is mm-hmm. I do the best I can for what looks, what I think might be good, mm-hmm. might play to the fans. Right. And then I just say really gentle stuff, hmm. you know, stuff that we imagine, you know, a girlfriend, like just showing pictures of food, you mm-hmm. know, Hey, I cook, you know, kind of yeah. give a little bit of like who I am as a person. Right, right. That's, that's and, and you know that's something. You know, I think, like that, I think that's I think that's the best type of marketing for a performer is showing the um, audience who they really are. They they eat that up. No pun intended. With the uh, well, I do that at a caveat. I give them just so much honesty, right? Without being like gross or weird about the things that I do for studios or for personal shoots. Like all the um, like words that I say, sure are are I don't do anything that's explicit. I don't say anything that's explicit. Hmm. Again, the content should speak for itself. Of course. So I just give a little bit of schmutz, and then I fucking I back off. I yeah. back off. Probably smart. And then whatever comes out of that comes out of that because at the end of the day, the only thing that brings in the dollar amount is what people want to see. Right. So That's again, a, it's, it's all about the content, but yes. I don't want to come off as spammy. Mm. You know, again, yes. I don't want to say, Hey, Last I did thing this thing. Do. I did mm. this like thing. I don't know how good it is, but right. I'm going to like bludgeon you to death with like <laughs> words of oh i fucked and i sucked and i sucked and wouldn't you imagine and what would you do if and none of that shit i don't do any of that shit yeah i think you're i think you're smart. i don't need you because Be subtle. If you, it's subtle subtlety subtlety yeah. is everything subtlety yes. is everything absolutely you don't, my need life to be, is, you don't need to be like all the other performers out there well the you thing really is my don't. life is not predicated on this again i'm not right. seeking validation or anything like that mm-hmm. i got a whole bevy of other things going on in my life obviously and the whole like the whole thing about like being in porn and this is again go way back to when i 
you know, told you about how I got into this business. Yeah. It literally changed my life when I figured out how you can do what you could do. Right. With just a little bit of a left turn. Yes. The fact of the matter is mm-hmm. this whole adult industry thing, mm. it's just a means to an end. Yeah, I know. You know, I, I know a lot of folks like take it as um, this is this is the life. This is right. what you do. To right. me, I say, oh, whoa, whoa, I found an easy way out. This is a way to build capital for right. things that I that are actually important. Mm-hmm. Taking care of family, taking care of friends. Sure. And as a creative person, although mm-hmm. I put up a, a lot into right. this particular business, mm-hmm. um, it's it's about the money that I get back from it so that I can put into actual like creative endeavors. Sure. They have sure. nothing to do with the adult entertainment industry. So, Jamie, how has your performance style evolved since you got into the industry? As a person that's been in the industry for going on 16 years now, it's it's been a whole spectrum. And it really did start from a very like chaotic young person's mindset. Right. And when I got into the business, and I did my very first scene when I mm-hmm. was oh 26 mm-hmm. and actually worked for a real company where like money was on the line, people's time was on the line. Right. All I did was I brought my natural, you know, mid-20s sexual ambitious energy hmm. onto the stage. Okay. And that's what they that's what they were capturing. And that's all that this particular company at this particular time cared about. They just wanted the okay. goods. And the goods is young, dumb, and full of cum, right? So that's where I started. <laughs> and I was amenable to that because yeah. what they wanted was what I was. That's what they shoot. As the years progress, I think the like the main takeaway is that you learn th- like through what an audience like generally wants. Uh, you pay attention to what your customers respond to. Uh, you pay attention mm-hmm. to the production groups that you work with. You listen to directors. You listen to this. And you also kind of, you know, keep in mind, you know, what to, what you're into. And and you find that over the years, you start to just mm-hmm. just by doing, just by doing over and over and over again, you take every little bit of, like, information from authority figures down to paying customers mm-hmm. and it all becomes a stew and you become like you you start to like mitigate information and eventually what happens at the end of the day from being a young dung full of cum you know kind of shot candid essentially to like being in the midst of like full scale production there's you know, it starts to actually become creative. Uh, it starts to become like movies, you know. Um, you get to a point where you're there. Uh, you just start to get really you, – you break things down into like there's eight essential poses mm-hmm. for photos. There's okay. uh, five essential poses for like scene positions. It becomes okay. really – it becomes really like uh, robotic. Well, that that would be like the cynical takeaway from it. 
Okay. But again, I have to like reiterate that this is a money making venture. Of course. And I can come from it from like a creative person's point of view, or I can say like what we know works that people generally like. Sure. And that's why there it does become formulaic. Oh, of course. Um I I'd never I'd never put this kind of stuff into my own creative endeavors. Right. But I also love that there's a way to pinpoint a like something that kind of grabs all mm-hmm. like of the most cut the like the way to please the most people. Sure. And yes, it does. It it you can see it as robotic, mm. but that's just like when I say fours and fives and eights of things, that's just a starting point. Right. You know, there's so many things that are going on. There's scripts and who can act and what your lighting guys up to. And is there good sound? And it is a bevy of um, like, it is a bevy of information that goes into creating a thing. Right. That if everybody's at the tens, can give something to an audience that they'll actually appreciate and actually like open up their wallets for. There you go. And which is the, which is the bottom line. Well, and yeah, for, yeah, for this industry, that's the bottom line. This is, of course, we are on the bottom rung of the ladder of the entertainment industry. As far as the entertainment industry goes, as far as people imbibing colors, lights and sounds and shapes, Mm we're on the bottom rung. If a thing's going in a thing and it looks appropriate, like it, like it looks like you had half a fucking second of effort, you can get away with a lot. So how have audiences attitudes changed towards trans porn since you started in the industry? I know we got a lot of questions going forward and I know I can make this one short and sweet and simple. Um, when I started, it was around, again, 2006, 2007, officially, you know, being on camera mm-hmm. with the auspices of corporations right. put me out there. And at that time, we, I, we were just on the cusp of being treated like uh, circus freaks to being mm-hmm. legitimized. Yeah. When I yeah. came out, there was me, there was uh, Bailey Jays, there was your Kimber James, there was these there was these folks that like changed people's not changed people's minds. Uh, they were, they were young. They were like self-actuating. Um, and they looked like, and I got to be very careful about what I say here, but they looked like what dudes imagined like trans porn ought to have been Yeah, young, very feminine, mm-hmm. um, like feminine to a point where you like kind of get confused mm. and, and things started to change right around that time, around that 2006, 2007 era. Mm-hmm. And it became, and, and you'd notice that companies started to very slowly drift from using terms like uh shemale and tranny and, you know, all these right. very negative, negative, negative connotations for sure. Which used to be the lay of the land. I know. Um, because it was always about the other. Right. The this whole weird thing about like this niche within a niche. 
mm-hmm. was predicated off of selling on the novelty of the other. Right. And then about the time I started, mm-hmm. these really hot superstars start coming in mm-hmm. and they, it like all of a sudden everything had to change. Sure. As far as like marketability, yeah. because these people command a price and they needed respect. And if you didn't respect them, you wouldn't get them and you wouldn't yeah. make your money. That's so, right. So <laughs> it's, it's really shitty because in a way, uh, like just being a nice, it's like just being nice in general, mm-hmm. what had, what had to be predicated off of dollar value. Right. And when these people started like, uh, you know, being self-actualized. Hmm. And the fans responded. Right. The whole fucking system had to change. Sure, sure. I so understand. I started from circus show, <laughs> and I'm here 16 years later. As yes. oh no, this is a this is a viable thing, and we are yes. people, and now we are just demand to be treated with respect. Well, and I think a lot of that. I think a lot of that you can thank uh, Mr. Steven from Grooby for. Oh well, <laughs> I have things to say about that. Um, I I was th- I was there at the front yeah. line. I know, I know. Um, like he and I would have conversations about. Sure. Hey, do we need to change the uh, what? What do you think of the name of the award show? Should we change it from uh, right. the trainee awards to this and that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think we should change this name from this and that? Like I was there, right, on the phone with him. You sure. know, talking sure. about how we make these things work. And I'll tell you what, uh, just to be super clear, um, I was still in such a way where I thought money was on the line. Mm-hmm. And I actually, you know, now I know better now. Mm-hmm. But back in like, oh, I'd say it was around 2013 to 2014, mm-hmm. um, he'd ask me about, hey, what do you think of Tranny? What do you think of shemale? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was the kind of contrarian, anger, mm-hmm. you know, right. free speech dumbass that <laughs> I'd say, I say, no, 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 man, it ain't nothing. It ain't nothing. People mm-hmm. ought to know better. You know, it's just a goof. Just yeah. use these. Like, hmm. I was that way about it. Well, times have changed. Times, oh, have, def- times have changed. Times have definitely changed. Yeah. And no, no, I, once he decided to, mm-hmm. you know, do those things right and change the names right. it wasn't too far after where i stopped being so money concerned mm. and interesting like took some time to think about exactly what the fuck it is that i was doing yeah yeah you know? of and course. what it meant to me as a person on the inside mm. sure and yeah everything changed and i quickly acclimated to yeah. you know treating people with respect and not treating things like a circus show. But I was one of those people that enjoyed porn right. as a trans person mm-hmm. going through a lot of, you know, kind of unknown under the cover kind of transformation. Right. And being at an age where I was still so super concerned about like jerking off. Right. That I just accepted the names. So what kind of scene have you found as your favorite type so far? I don't think there's a type. Uh, Genre-wise, mm-hmm. I think that anything good that can be done is completely based off of chemistry between you and another performer. And mm-hmm. I think everything else is like arbitrary. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So like a, a company comes to you and they say, hey, we want to do some kind of weird latex scene. Or a company comes to you mm-hmm. and they say, hey, we want to do some kind of uh, like oil thing or we want to do a fisting thing or whatever the whatever the flavor is mm. that they're trying to like, you know, capture. None of uh, – be open to it. Mm. But only know that any of those things will work. Right. Any any particular like grand scale flavor will work mm-hmm. if you have chemistry with the person that you're working with. Right. That's that's, that's like the main thing. You got to get along with somebody that you're working with. Okay. Who have you? Who's your favorite to work with? Who do you have the most chemistry with? Can't say. Can't say. Not only one. Can I not currently like put a name on the board? But even even when I retire and everything's done, mm. I don't want to be I don't want to be the kind of person that looks back and says they were they were the guy. They mm. were the girl. That okay. was the person. You mm. know, I don't want to point pinpoint anybody mm. because our perspectives are so different. My, oh, okay. For me as a performer mm-hmm. and from that particular person as right. a performer. Right. You know, I, I, it, it just seems like unfair and weird. Mm. The only thing that matters in this particular industry right. is what people are willing to pay for. And those are the only opinions that matter. Mm-hmm. If I well, have, uh, if I say there's a favorite, mm. I don't know. It just feels kind of gross because I know that when I pick a favorite, right, it's kind of uninformed as to like what I'm up to at that particular point in time. Right. I come forward with whole brand new experiences and whole brand new perspectives. Sure. And then what I would say was a favorite five years ago, mm-hmm. now it just becomes another goddamn human being that I need to treat with respect. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, you, do, you don't so want to I, offend I you don't want to offend anybody, that's for I sure. I can't pick a I, it's it's it seems right. kind of gross to me to pick a favorite. I'm just Okay. I'm just a uh, common schmutz like anybody else's. We're just trying to pay the bills, man. We're just trying to pay the bills. You love that saying. So uh, what do you love most about being in porn? I mean, it's part and parcel to the current system in which we live. Mm. I love the the fact that I had this weird little in that I know that I, I know I'm very privileged. Mm-hmm. And I this something kind of keeps me up at night. But I found this weird little inroad mm-hmm. into a way to be self-actualized and have everything that I need. Not what I want, but what I need at mm-hmm. my disposal mm-hmm. with what is seemingly little effort. So my favorite thing and my worst thing about being in this business mm-hmm. is that I'm, I'm literally at the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, mm-hmm. it's, and for no reason that's fair, you know? What's, um, what's fair so, in this uh, world, really? <laughs> so I, I get what I need for me, but it's super unfair that I have this thing that not everybody has access to. Well, that's true. But like I said, what's fair in this world, right? I guess I mean, so. It's not a fair. It's not a fair world. Well, what are your uh, what are your favorite fetishes, if you have any, to explore on camera? My very personal infinitesimal fetishes um, that work for me are shiny mm. things. So, like a lot of oil stuff. Right. Uh, latex plays into that. 
that shiny thing. Um, and, uh, feet, I got this weird, like foot fetish. Hmm. Um, and there's like, I, I could talk about that all day long. I think the first two are self-explanatory, something shiny. Right. Right. Dives right into the fucking like lizard ape brain thing. You know, Hey, it draws your attention. Of I like course. It. And it's, it also looks like smooth and that, you mm-hmm. know, that's a tactile thing. So right away, visually, you got the smoothness. And you got the thing that draws your attention. That seems like a no-brainer. But mm-hmm. the feet thing, the feet thing is a weird thing. Right. Um, there's uh, there's some weird psychology in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, just, for, I mean, people are listening to this, you know. Uh, right. If there are any foot fetishists or people mm-hmm. that, like, are in the business that want to investigate foot fetish, maybe mm-hmm. this is something to remark on for, like, a minute. And mm-hmm. real quick, um, psychologically... Right. Um, I've done research on this because it does seem like a weird thing. Um, it tends to be people with foot fetishes are people that largely weren't breastfed as a kid. Hmm. Maybe they couldn't take their mother's milk or whatever. So they're put down on the ground. And when, as you're a super, you know, you're a toddler, you're a kid, you're a baby, most kids spend time around the breast, huge right. breast fixation. Sure. You, you put that on the ground because you can't accept your mother's milk. You put that on the ground, you're around the legs and the feet all day. And so that becomes the thing. Interesting. That's in your head. Interesting. You yeah. That, that kind of winds its way up to puberty, and then that yeah. becomes a thing. Yeah, that does make sense. So what single piece of advice would you give a brand new performer? That's tough because there's, there's a lot that goes into it. I don't know where the performer's coming from. You know, I don't know where their state of being is, what their mentality mm-hmm. or emotional state is. Okay, what what piece of advice would you give? Uh, would you give young Jamie today? Patience. Hmm. And I think this like covers a lot of ground. This has nothing to do, you know, in particular with uh, being in the industry. Mm-hmm. I think this one thing, if you have like aspirations and you're trying to like make whatever it is to make something better of yourself, whether it's monetary, mentally, emotionally, usually it's all three. Mm -hmm. Um, Patience is the thing. Yeah. You got to trust in yourself. You have to allow yourself to make mistakes in Mm -hmm. all aspects of life. Mm -hmm. And you have to allow for patience. Hmm. You have to allow for patience. Nothing is going to just like come to you the way that you think it ought to. Yeah. There's never going to be a moment of truth for you while the world is watching. Hmm. You know? Sure. You have to accept the little bits of good when you get them. Mm-hmm. And in your downtimes, accept those moments as moments of growth. If you mm. have the wherewithal to see them as moments of growth. So it's, it's all about patience. Yeah, very philosophical. So uh, what do you want to do on camera that you haven't done yet? Well, personally, mm-hmm. at this day and age, um, I mean, I've done so much. I've, I've really... Mm-hmm. It, okay, this is, again, <laughs> everything I say uh, comes with a caveat. Right. I, I don't like to think of this business as a thing that is meant for me 
to get my rocks off. Mm -hmm. Because that can become exploitative. It can become predatory. It can show like the worst of yourself. Okay. What I, what I mean is there are things that I want to do as a person, but mm -hmm. most of those things can be taken care of by just like jerking off or being <laughs> with like a trusted partner. Sure. I never want to use this industry and be in this business as a thing that I get to use to get my rocks off because okay. this is a business. Of course. You know, we don't put anybody at odds and fuck off anybody that we're performing with or working with in right. any way whatsoever just mm -hmm. so that we can get our rocks off. That's mm -hmm. a bad way to be. Yeah. It's very when true. I'm, when I'm making my own content as an independent, mm -hmm. I will simply say, I would like to do this. I think this would sell. I think this plays into my, uh, you know, my interest. And mm -hmm. I will take the time to find somebody that is amenable to that, that also has that same kind of flavor and gumption in mind. And then I will pay them a fair wage in order to do that mm -hmm. so that everything is fair and everything is honky-dory across the board. Sure. But I never want to do anything. I don't have a, a checklist of, oh, I want to fuck this chick. You know, <laughs> oh, I want to, oh, uh, just, I just want to like fist that person. It's like, oh, yeah, gross. Fuck yeah. that. Fuck that. This isn't for me. <laughs> right. This is a business. This is for the customers. Right. No, it's for your fans. It's really for your fans. That's what it comes down to because if they're happy, then the cash register rings. So what's coming up for you? Oh, so many things. Uh, uh, as of today, you know, I have no idea what the future brings, but as of today, right. where I stand as of the date of this interview, um, right now, my mindset is on a lot of creativity that has nothing to do with the business in and of itself, mm -hmm. which, which is to say that I have goals and I'm making enough money mm -hmm. to do things that are concerned with uh, uh, music and script writing and all kinds of things, mm -hmm. all kinds of cards that I really need to play play like close to my chest right um business wise it's it's really kind of simple i'm kind of in a small state of like just taking a step back um i spent a lot of plates in this industry and being in front of the camera is like the least of my concerns right now mm -hmm. i'm an editor i'm a graphic designer i do i do all kinds of things through my production company sure. I, you know put people in front of my camera for different right. companies, all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Money's not a concern. Right. Uh, I, I, I make the money and I'm at a point right now creatively for <laughs> things that have been back in my past right. that are now coming to fruition that actually need all of my attention. Right. And I'm at a point now where I've made enough money to where I can put that money and put that capital to those things. Mm-hmm. So I'm not retired or anything, not, right. not by the least. Right. It's just right now I am concerned with those things. And I, future wise, if you need like a, oh, here's the next Jamie Kelly venture. 
Um, I say that the next big thing that is coming mm-hmm. is part of this lay of the land that I find myself in right now is the third part of the Transsexuals series. But that's probably going to be, oh, anywhere from six months to a year off from now. Okay. And that that would be like the next big thing. Anything cool. else that I do is going to be like weird little things that I pick up while I'm on this personal venture. Right. Maybe right. a studio gig here and there. Mm-hmm. Maybe some solo things right. that are very carefully chosen. But mm-hmm. yeah, the, like the next big thing would probably be that, the Transsexuals 3. Sounds good. We'll be looking for it. Well, Jamie, I'd like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Side Broker Talk. And I hope we'll get a chance to do this again soon. Oh, absolutely. Uh, It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Pleasure is all mine. My broker tip today is part seven of how to buy an adult website. Last week, we talked about the agreement and escrow. So now you own the website. What do you do now? The first thing you should do is make sure you understand everything about the operation of the site. The previous owner will hopefully be available for a period of time to help you with this. As I mentioned last week, you should establish what the former owner's participation will be after the sale. You'll need to deal with production of new content, processing, paying affiliates, and many other things. If you don't have experience in these areas, you may want to consider our general consulting firm, Adult Business Consulting. You can get more information on what this company does at adultbusinessconsulting.com. We help website owners project manage and guide them to the right vendors. Maybe the previous owner had all the right elements, processing, hosting, payments, production, scripts, etc., or maybe they didn't. We can help evaluate that for you. Let us know if we can help. Anyway, you'll now be operating the website. If you don't have someone like our general consulting company to help, evaluate all of those items and everything the site is spending money on and using to operate the website. Make sure you're getting a good deal and that these companies are providing the right service and check to see if you can do better. Hosting is a great example on something where people are often both overpaying and not getting the right service. Many times the server is just too slow. If you have any questions about any of this, feel free to reach out to us on our site. Next week, we'll talk about how to sell a website. And next week, we'll be speaking with Paige from Piper. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Jamie Kelly. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman. 